0: In uh, cultivating citta is the possibility, the potential for the citta to be made great maha citta uh, this is uh, primarily refers to the cultivation of either samadhi or of the, what are called the brahma vihara the measureless states as we can recollect in our uh, recitation, uh, mind fully endowed with these qualities of uh, loving kindness, compassion, appreciative joy, and equanimity is exalted, abundant, uh, measureless, and abundant, exalted, free from, unrestricted. The great Mahachitta. The Buddha uses an image of um, you likening the citta to be um, water and karma to be salt. And just as the citta sits, takes many of its cues from the karmic field, what we've learned, what we've been stimulated by, what we've inclined towards what we've been pushed towards what we've been shaped by and this is a karmic field it sits in chitta and there's a bit of salt in that quite a lot <laughs> uh, and so he said well if you have a a, a little salt and you put it in say a, you know, a small glass of water is the water salty he said yes what if you throw it in the Ganges river he says it wouldn't affect it I wouldn't recommend you drink the Ganges River because there's a <laughs> lot more than just salt in it, actually. <laughs> but uh, the image is still relevant. Yeah, so the great chitta means even things that have minor defects, uh, blemishes, um, you know, mistakes, errors and so forth, they, are, they just don't really land and trigger. So, this is because the mind is abundant, exalted, free from this constriction of um, aversion, ill will, hostility inferred, hostility. Great citta. Hmm. Buddha is said to have the unrest- citta unrestricted, completely unrestricted and can encompass the minds of others with his own mind. His jitta can expand, wrap around other being the minds of other beings. And this is presumably the tremendous power of the Buddha in teaching. He could really just completely really get it and, and hold your mind in, in that particular those particular qualities so that the mind would open and receive teachings very very completely, without any wavering. The great citta. Citta is made great through samadhi in its firmness, its resoluteness, and its abiding in more uh, fine material or immaterial states. Of course, material states are to do with sense contact. Fine material states are to do, say, more with uh, perceptions and energies. They still have a certain form to them. It's a subtle form. Immaterial states, formless. These are what are called the arupa, which uh, of the four can be entered from the fourth jhana. So these fine material states are associated with with jhana absorption, where one absorbs into the energies, the subtle qualities of firmness, warmth, expansiveness, happiness, luminosity, that can abide when one is withdrawn from sense contact and the various fetters and agitations that occur in that territory. Then the jitta is made firm because it's not continually being having energy drawn out of it. Isn't it the great chitta Chitta is made firm and has to be cultivated to be made firm. Mm-hmm. Has to be held in a correct way to be made firm and great. Then the distractions and the irritations that arise do not impact, do not get it triggered so as we come to the sort of integration paradigms we recognize that maybe we will certainly receive much impact and could whatever we've learnt whatever the chitta dwelt in uh, been refreshed in, strengthened by could that be retained when we open the sense doors in fact, the jhana qualities are no longer present. This makes the Brahma-vihara extremely pertinent for our cultivation, because these can be sustained, retained. Uh, and how is this done? So we train, we cultivate what are called the three uh, wholesome sankapas, attitudes, motivations, where we're coming from in our life, our basic you know, reference points. These are away from ill will, away from cruelty and away from sensuality. You look in the twentieth sutta, the Majima Nikari. The Buddha refers to these, recognizing when thoughts of ill will, thoughts of cruelty, thoughts of sensuality Afflicted his mind, his mind was not made steady and firm, didn't realize. But when these were understood, relinquished, then the mind was ready. Now, these we can note the two. One is non sensuality, is to do with the renunciation movement of mind, the renunciation intention. Sankapa, attitude, motivation, resolve, intent. It's just a fundamental proclivity that one cultivates. We cultivate that which is no longer expecting, asking happiness to come from sense contact, seeking gratification in it. In a world of sense contact, we experience it, and some of it's pleasant, and some of it's not, and some of it's neutral. So it doesn't mean there's no pleasant contact, it means one is not hungering, craving, seeking to constantly increase it and disappointed at its, at its diminution. And this is an important uh, quality to cultivate when you keep training yourself in acknowledging you know, the limitations of sense pleasure, the dangers of them. They get addictive, one takes them for granted and then feels upset and bereft at their disappearance. You Cultivate that to a, to a great degree. Um, so it doesn't mean that there's no pleasure. It means one is stays open, not shaken, not confused, not guilty, not embarrassed by the agreeable. Which we can feel embarrassed, awkward by, overwhelmed by, or infatuated by. The mind stays steady, pleasant to the agreeable, the disagreeable. And training this way if you cultivate this way then it also you can that can begin to radiate or develop so that one is not just sense contact but you know refine different kinds of sense contact like situations that I don't feel so interested in uh, I find frankly boring I don't have to go into ill will and complaining and restlessness, and impatience Yeah. And yeah, certainly in community life, one has to cultivate this a lot. when that's the communities because there's such a random input any given day of people, requisites, food, things to do, that, you know, you're always going to have a disagreeable or what one didn't choose. It's not necessarily disagreeable in itself. It's just the fact that one didn't choose it, not the right time, right place. One feels a feeling of mm, boring. Waste of time! Don't like this. What's he going on about? Who's this guy anyway? I don't come here. What's, she, what's her trip? What she's going? Some kind of control freak. Oh, yeah. This kind of thing going, muttering away. The thing is not so bad. It's just that one's fate, one the, the mental fa- action of favoring and opposing, adds digs the displeasure into you (laughs) just because it's not agreeable it doesn't have to be miserable (laughs) if you don't keep resisting it (laughs) and complaining about it and this is something one really is forced to learn in renunciate communities they're not necessarily impoverished but they are exasperating (laughs) Just because that's what communities must be, you know, this, this is 25 different people, so it's di- probably at least 25 different views, probably 30 different views. <laughs> and uh, open communities, there's kinds of people coming and going, and there's bound to be things you didn't really want. We have this kind of I- I- this ironic uh, reflection that... Uh, I Monastic mean, communities are made up of people who so really enjoy being peaceful and quiet and left alone that hundreds of people want to come and visit them. <laughs> 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 I find it so inspiring. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, it's supposed to be that way, isn't it? Ah. Because how else do people get and learn? How else do they get interested? How if faith arises, they should come and want to see you. Uh-huh. therefore oh uh, and that's the way they will grow and you want that to happen do not it mm, yeah <laughs> <laughs> then go and see somebody else <laughs> I say no 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 no. wait a minute something has to be learned here just yes you know. because he didn't choose it select it feel Happy about it doesn't mean it has to be miserable. You just stop that, open, something to be learned here. Patience and compassion and kindness. Oh, oh really? Once I got over that, it was better than having it my way. (laughs) The mind is greater. My way is a rather, rather narrow way, actually. It gets narrower, if one keeps favoring it. My way is very narrow, and it inclines to narrower and narrower, till eventually you can't even sit with yourself on your own, because things happen you didn't want to have happen. That's how narrow it gets. And then that trajectory must be understood And the the pain of that for one's own welfare should be understood, the danger of it, and then the curtailing of it, and the firm adoption of standards and processes that keep pushing against that inclination. This is the training. And the idea is it's not so that you become more uh, miserable, but become happier, grander, bigger, vaster and more serene in yourself. Then you can begin to handle the really unpleasant visitors that come, which are already in your own mind. The akantuka tukha they call them. It's the guest defilements. <laughs> the, guest, the, the, the guest suffering who come in and lodge memories, thoughts, impressions, images of yourself, images of what you should be, images of other people, images of the way they should be, images of how it ought to be that way, this way, that way, and why I'm not, and why I'm not, and the Mm -hmm. self-criticism. These are the guests that come in to the mind is not made great. Therefore, we take these medicines to firm it up. Mm -hmm. And so these medicines of, uh, this is renunciation, medicine, and then the medicines of goodwill and compassion we may wonder at first what well, well this is all right with aversion what about greed you can begin to recognize you know the sense of pleasantness that can arise from sense contact of any kind is just what what bodies are supposed to do <laughs> but there's a kind of an obsessiveness. That takes over, which is the mental defilement. Bodily pleasure is just bodily pleasure. It's supposed to do that. You have a nervous system. Uh, you know, some kinds of contact the body finds agreeable. And that's what it's supposed to do. But there's a mental obsession that takes over, which is the gratification. More will be better, more will be better, more will be better. And that becomes that escalates to to a state where we get the addictive um, things, where things have run away so far into gratification. You know, even when the one recognizes the, 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 the danger, and in fact is rather ashamed of it, still things run away and you're dragged along by it. addictive qualities to food, sugar, sweets, cigarettes, liquor, yeah, sex, um, pornography—these kinds of things that beings get addicted to. Uh, just, you know. And well, but actually, if the mind is made great, it, it, it finds its sense of happiness and pleasure in itself. So it's not interested in these corrosive forms of gratification. We begin to see the peril and the corrosive, degrading nature of addictiveness. It limits us. It traps us. We become hypnotized by any of that. We see the degrading nature of it. And then then you also, but you have to have an alternative. Yeah. So one doesn't let go unless there's something else to stand on. This is where the mind made great is a place to stand. One stands in the happiness of one's own. Clarity, purity, goodwill. The mind has a a body to it that you can stand in. A warm, happy body. This is then the cultivation called citta vimuthi. and uh, It's called liberation of mind. And in these uh, lists of things, the, uh, the Arahant or the realized one has cultivated citta vimutti and panyavimuti. Panyavimuti, liberation through or by wisdom, and the other, liberation by mind or through mind. Mm. they're called one liberated these, these two forms so we might consider well if one's liberated by wisdom what is mind and you have to if they're two slightly distinct things this must mean not just the ability to discern but a certain sense of what I call presence right you know because how, how is jitta different from panya how is a free jitta a free mind, different from a mind liberated by wisdom. What's the distinction? And so one is associated much more with someone the, the samadhi element, and one is com- associated with the Fanya element, property. Samadhi element means the chitta is made firm, resolute, unshakable, and it acquires, however metaphorically you want to understand this, a subtle body it's got some ballast it's not hollow and one recognises in those occasions where the mind is not firm it feels hollow fragmented can't stand up it wavers it crumbles this is the weak mind easily dragged into addictive behaviour into cruelty into this that and the other because it's got no strength to to, to stand by itself uh, this jitta then then in this state one can understand this is to do with almost like the energy body or the body of the mind and it's a sense of a, a firmness that one can feel not easily rocked mm-hmm. strength but here this strength you know is associated with softness it's soft strength and so we have to really revisit what we mean by strength which we may have so got used to a certain tense, aggressive hardened quality you know the muscles are tight one is able to you know there's a a kind of brutality potent, potential brutality in it and so we may even feel strength is when I feel really pumped up you know <laughs> and, 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 but that's not in this sense strength is a soft strength we may not even realise it it's the imperturbable stillness and serenity that lets things just pass through it's not shaken like a cloud like water things can arise that doesn't tremble things pass through Soft strength. And this uh, so the image the sometimes is sometimes like a a bull with the horns cut off. There's no there's no aggressiveness, there's no you know, there's nothing of that nature, but it's really just quietly strong. And uh, this is the and these then can be cultivated through this uh, uh, sublime, uh Practices where one continually melts the constrictions, uh, generates the harmonious, uh, draws together into unity qualities, and there's no uh, pushing or cutting or gripping or tightening around it. How else does the mind feels? expanded not contracted if you contemplate this at this level of somatic sense you you really get a feeling for this you know know, this somatic sense crosses the body mind boundary it's difficult to tell particularly in Samadhi, which is because they're unified there's just the sense of the mind having a real body to it And as that comes on, you get a sense of rapture. The unification begins with a certain transference of energies between body and mind. This is a sense of like a a rapturous quality, which is both semi-physical and semi-mental mixture of the two. And then easing, coolness, calming, soothing into something that's a blend and harmony. Right. Yeah. So Now the cultivation of the Brahma Vihara uh, operates in a, a very similar way and we begin to uh, recognize where we, we experience these um, senses of ill-will, hostility and poisoning. Uh, Over the overall uh, training is to recognize the potential for this to either not extend goodwill, so one makes no effort to welcome to open to to you know, one has already got one 's own will going we 're already going my way, <laughs> and there's no sense of well, how is this how are we you know <laughs> Uh, and you do this with one person ten people how, how is it this is the quality of goodwill it seeks to open rather than just have my own way and we check that uh, this is just the important thing to cultivate in relationships with each other mm-hmm. and even in silence trying to you know, choreograph so we recognize how we move around our bodies past each other how we give each other space how we try to support each other with the chores and, and offering food and so forth. This quality of metta. Uh, uh, just at that, at that level. Mind is not retracted, constricted, nervous, embarrassed, fearing, mistrusting, mm-hmm. and feeling unwelcome. Just keep dissolving that. mind of compassion to this um, that which meets the afflicted willingly seeks to embrace the afflicted seeks to embrace the wounded seeks to embrace the disgusting <laughs> loathsome, ignoble this is the heart's nature heart's energy if we look at jitta in its more heart aspect nature of heart is an embracing medium It tends to seek the whole field. Uh, It opens to what's in here and then how am I going to be with that? That's the heart knowledge, the heart way of operating. It senses something, how will I be with this? And so encouraging, how will I be with this? So conventionally speaking, we generally find people we rather like, how should I be, how can I be with her? Great, how can I be with my friends? Something that reaches out to embrace, to connect this heart quality. We're compassionately doing this also to aspects and features that we don't find agreeable. (laughs) And recognizing that 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 may change in the moment where we embrace it. It may in fact immediately, that was not, kissing the frog, you call it. You know? The princess who kisses the frog, and the frog turns into a handsome prince. So we keep kissing frogs. <laughs> and they're not really frogs, just, they just look like that, as long as one is in this negative state. And you think, oh. wow, no one is as bad as my mind can make them <laughs> through my, my kind of don't want to be with that don't like him don't like them. It's, it's actually not that bad you know it's just that my fearfulness and, and mistrust makes it so and these are not things one can rationalise so you just have to practice it train in it a little bit more to open a little bit more to the dis- to the, when one finds disagreeable just not to understand it, not to get rid of it, not to change it, but just to stop being so nasty about it. <laughs> stop being so tetchy about it. Stop being so grumpy and cantankerous about it. Just to just to meet. Incline and meeting the disagreeable. Working through the resistances, meet the disagreeable in one in other in one and then it becomes Meeting in oneself the disagreeable, which is in fact the real uh, fruition of this practice. Real fruition of it is meeting your own frogs and worse. You know, vindictive demons uh, 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 and self-punishing um, strategies, sabotage. Uh, endless, inner critic, the inner tyrant, the inner critic, which we may really have uh, sensed and really wish to get rid of. This horrible mechanism, this horrible sankara. It's a, it has an addictive, hypnotic effect. So you recognise you just don't, it doesn't get, you don't get rid of it like that because it's it's Im- it gets embedded. Addictive, hypnotic. So instead, one reaches around that and embraces it. This is the quality of compassion. Now we may very well kind of think, well, what? I don't know if I can be that compassionate, and what? No, just focus. If you focus on a, kind of like on an energetic level, and do it that which does it or you can call it compassion <laughs> it may not seem so sweet or serene uh, and there's a certain but the essentially thing is a certain volitional inclination to do so and this is the volitional quality also sometimes called chitta has a certain intent, a certain inclination. An inclination is to move towards in a, in a widening, embracing, including way. The, uh, that which one would normally feel cruel, cruelty towards. Dismissiveness towards, harshness towards, Scorn towards, derision towards, labeled as pathetic, ignoble, foolish, waste of time. Idiot. Dummy. you know, you know the names. <laughs> and so rather than trying to stop the voice, you know, "Oh. So I've practiced this a lot without necessarily calling it compassion, because you get forced into a corner where you've just got to do something. And the suggestion as you move towards it as it's calling your name say, oh that's interesting anything more you'd like to say how about um, stupid I haven't had that one for a while it's actually <laughs> a foolish, a blight on the planet curse the humanity how about that one that's a good one <laughs> yeah. Getting reborn as this that and the other Have some predictions and finger wagging shame, disgust anything more you'd like to say Anything more? Come on, a little bit more. And it goes, hey, you're supposed to be running away. No, no, please, some more. (laughs) Uh, Incline in that way. And eventually it kind of, you've changed a fundamental intent, which is to reject. So the cruelty is the rejecting, littling, dismissing, Callousness. And so, if you're beginning to run this energy which does not reject, does not dismiss, is not insensitive to, but running that through the mind, these two intents meet. The locked intent, which is the intent of dismissiveness, lack of compassion, hard heartedness, cruelty, self blaming, that intent, which is lodged, you start to flow this other intent there, which is. Expanding, embracing, uh, and the two meet. And if you keep building up the, the compassion intent, it's like the river gets big enough to wash this, to take capture this current and, and wash it out. That's how it works. Matter of intent, mm-hmm. deep intent. And compassion. Yeah. So in some ways this is not, although on the ordinary uh, waking level or open-eyed level of reality, it's a, it can be seen as compassion towards her or him, you know, towards other people. But on a more refined level, this is just not about people at all. It's just about the, the, the quality itself of callousness, harshness, dismissiveness, belittling doesn't matter where it occurs to who or to what because you're just focusing on that very sankara pattern itself and you meet that with a quality that wishes to include it embrace it it's a very powerful piece of of uh... Trans- uh transformation one of the most powerful pieces of transformation that you could ever accomplish not easily done, but definitely once you get the the sign of it, it's something I certainly could do, because everything else has not worked anyway. <laughs> you know, the sugaring it up, the excusing it, the rationalizing it, oh, it doesn't really matter, or I shouldn't feel this, that has not worked. so let's try this one. Yeah. Now, this is to be... Cultivated with a sense of sati, naturally. So when we meditate, naturally, we get a, a lot of encouragement to have sati, to be mindful. But then mindfulness is just the frame, and it's what you flow through that frame. Clearly, there's got to be a sense of right view, in other words, the, the realization that if good qualities are cultivated, they will give rise to good fruit. So there's this faith in right view. Just keep cultivating the good; it doesn't matter. Just keep cultivating the good. There will be a good result. This we say is right, right view. It may take a while, but at least you won't be increasing the bad. So this is, you know, sati with right view, samasati. Uh, samasati is also built upon right intention. You know, we're mindful with these three res- resolves, these three attitudes in mind we're running those kind of inclinations through the frame of sakti internally, externally uh, in the world of sense contact in the inner, in the world uh, uh, the more subtler realm and so then naturally uh, uh, we, we we cultivate uh, qualities of compassion with sati with mindfulness so in this way one should, should not regard these as two separate cultivations like I do a mindfulness session then I do a compassion session you know because it's like if you're doing a mindfulness session and a compassion session they say well, when you're practicing mindfulness does it mean you have no compassion <laughs> When you practice compassion, do you have no mindfulness? That doesn't sound very good. Couldn't you kind of <laughs> incorporate? Does compassion mean you lose your mindfulness? I hope not. Uh, it's that framing, sustaining, continue, keeping on theme, keeping on track. And we're doing mindfulness of jitta, mindfulness of mind states, yeah, these are heart states, aren't they? Yeah, things like anger, craving, constrictedness. Yeah. You're doing satipatthana on chitta. Aren't these heart states to do with, you know, we say the basis of emotion? Therefore, shouldn't one's practice of of mindfulness of of chitta have these qualities? that we might call the basis of emotion that is intent towards relinquishing these traces of negativity, resistance, ill will and the desperate hunger that comes from not having cultivated adequately these nourishing and sustaining qualities and we may very well find, to our surprise, the more that we cultivate goodwill, our addictions begin to fade because they're no longer so interesting, and luminous, and compulsive. And we didn't get rid of them; we just stopped, we stopped feeding them. We had better places to cultivate for our welfare. So the sati then it, you, it, it firms up. Quality that I refer to or refer to from time to time which is um, to do with this firming up of mind firming up through the embodiment practices through somatic practices through just keeping the somatic presence in mind when, you, even when you're cultivating you know, mindfulness of mind there's still a somatic trace there because citta is not separate in intention from that. If it's an intention, there must be some kind of somatic push, shift, tremble, ripple, retraction and going. You can feel it. That's what we call a somatic domain. You may have the mental configuration, I don't like her, but the somatic impression is that withdrawal, you can feel it. Now, what do you call that Body or mind, eventually, is up to you. But I'm calling that that shifting that you can feel, uh, having a somatic basis. Our emotions arise from the somatic basis. Hmm. So, similarly, our more blessed uh, inclinations arise from a somatic basis. That leaning to, that opening to, is the quality of goodwill. The opening to, referring to, the disagreeable, we call compassion. The sustaining of it gives rise to what I call core strength. It's not surface strength. It's called surface strength is the hard, the armoring. That we may very well have adopted to just deal with the, the brutal or the uh, disagreeable elements in our lives. We get armored up. So, you get the shell hard shelled, and as you, as you cultivate, you find this hard shell really pretty uncomfortable. And you know, general qualities of faith and gratitude that come from being in Dharma contexts that shell starts to soften. We don't really need it, it's not getting catalyzed by sense contact, but it can still be catalyzed psychologically more or less as a habit. You know, we can get resistant, we can get my territory, this is my Zafu, and don't move my cushion. You know, this kind of thing. We, ease up, will you, you know. <laughs> we can get um, this armoring, still there because it is not just superficial, it becomes very profound uh, and deeply ingrained. And so we still, even though it's it's still brittle strength. The strength to resist, to tighten, to retract, mm. to harden up against what might be there, what could happen. And so, this then naturally around that retraction, all kinds of nebulous phenomena arise to verify it I'm okay now but she might not I'm you know I'm sitting in this room I'm keeping everybody waiting Well, you can't see everybody no but they're out there feeling angry and annoyed because I'm keeping them waiting what you I really wanted to do that and I'm getting it. did I you know, you know. You know, this sort of inference because of the contraction we infer hostility without any evidence and eventually even if there is ill will is that because of you or because of other people and a lot of people because of this ill will habit will say I'll take it if there's any if anything going wrong it's my fault. So if there's three of us annoyed, it must be me that did it wrong. And that kind of if anybody's uncomfortable it's because of me. In the ill will is quite greedy for more. <laughs> more more statistics to keep it going. You know, somebody was upset in the meditation, well it must be because of me. You know? didn't turn up today because of me. He wouldn't sit at the table because I was sitting on the other side of it it's because of me. These kinds of things play out. Mm-hmm. You don't know. What you do know is the retraction, the contraction, and the spinning and a sudden proliferation, the agitation, the magnification, the multiplication of stories and narratives. I've got a certain eerie resemblance to... This is always happening. In different places it happens, in different scenarios it happens. What's the common denominator? Me. <laughs> <laughs> so there's something wrong with me. I'm a neurotic, paranoid, nasty person. Not quite, just you're getting closer. <laughs> <laughs> I just there is an infection here—an <laughs> infection of ill will. And like many infections, did you choose it? Did you seek it out? Did you wish for it, or did it just land <laughs> in this vulnerable domain that we're born in? Maybe it was like that. Therefore, she would not have compassion for that sickness. That oh dear, for you know, oh I've got this sickness. That is compassion own the sickness and be a sickness, we become the patient who unfortunately has this illness. And, oh well, better look after her. soothe ease the contractions. so this is to say it's more obviously compassion. either these approaches from the kind of like much more f- figuring it out. You know, head down to the heart, or from body up to the heart, you know, or bringing the two together. The, this crystallisation of uh, uh, compassion and goodwill, and then it becomes resolute. Once you know the sign, and also you know the warning signs wherever they appear. Wherever they appear. You know, the warnings, uh, oh, here we go, contracting, agitating, proliferating, getting made small, trying to avoid being seen, scurrying around, hope I'm not in the way, not a nuisance, burden to everybody, shouldn't be here, don't, you know, want to be quiet, smaller and smaller and smaller. Not getting abundant, not exalted, not boundless, (laughs) in fact, totally miserable, unexalted and extremely bounded <laughs> something's gone wrong here <laughs> right so get around that let's get the feeling for that there it is, and the voices and the bodily pattern and just move towards it wide and soft around that then the use of the body is extremely helpful because you can you can move through your body you might feel it really tight now from your chest or your face or your belly Okay, there it is. Move, widen. Don't go into the area, but in fact, widen to encompass that that afflicted area in your somatic experience. To until you come to the entire range. You know, from tips of the toes, the crown of the head, the back, the elbows, uh, and even you know wider than that. Pause, holding that mindfully, not resisting the agitations that arise, the flusterings that arise. Allow these to rise as energies passing through, and take your time, patience, mindful. Hold it, firm up, and your things will change. So, mindfulness has this. Sustain itself to to. We might say in quasi-emotional terms, patience. Uh, no patience, no resolution. No patience, no real growth. In terms of transformation, transformation takes time. You don't change a habit in a second. It takes time. That means patience and. All of us would have made it immeasurably stronger, immeasurably deeper through patience and resolution. And this makes you firm and strong. Mm-hmm. And then compassion is the Iron Goddess. I love this phrase. I have a particular tea that I rather like called Ti Kuan Yin, which means the Iron Goddess of Mercy. And I thought, I just looked at that, I thought, what's this mean? <laughs> And then I looked at it again. Oh, I got it. <laughs> this is what it takes to be compassionate. It's soft. It's very strong. It refuses to give way to the tide of ill will. A mind like that is something one can feel worth Cultivating, and in fact, necessary to cultivate in our process of transformation. If you really incline to transforming your life, your jitta, not just to a bit of calm and quiet, but transformation, then you will have to meet residual patterns, karma, residual tendencies, and they will be very much seeming like me the world, reality, how I am, how I always am, the way I have to be, I'm stuck in this. They will keep coming up with that. And that's their song. And you have to meet them with this firm resolve. And not just a hard, brutal resolve, but a resolve that is soft strength, core strength. This is the resolve that eats up the defilements and repels the demons to be cultivated. Hey <laughs> i